0: All right, sorry, Aram. Are we? I am, yeah. I'm empathetic now. How? When did that happen? That was a mistake. Live from the Mundangerous Rewriter's Room in New York City, I'm your host Shane. And I'm your host Yishin. And welcome to episode 351 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. In this episode, we're ranking the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons Ranger
1: subclasses. But first the party takes a swim in the Gates of Morning campaign. And later, the Dark Urge killed the flame in the Character Creation Forge. Is, is that what the Dark Urge... Did because I was just trying to remember what well, we said mostly, last week. Mostly no shows last, last week. week. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I I think we were at like an hour and forty two minutes of recording. I was like, yeah, we're uh-huh. we're, we're not doing this. <laughs> I need mm-hmm. to go to bed. We're just we're just pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> You get a little more Baldur's Gate three content. Yeah, and that will squeeze never, out of us. Never talk about it again. Just like the internet finished the game in the first month and never talked about it again. It's, they're still they're still trying to change a star in.
1: <laughs> it hasn't seeped into our marrow. And I'm sure there are mods to make him
0: worse. So, <laughs> City Skylines two came out this week, so there's I have no interest in going back to Baldur's Gate. If I'm going to replay a game, it's going to be a city simulator from eight years ago with a second number attached. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go through Baldur's Gate 2 again. I'm not. I'm not. Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance 2. It's about my my level of attention. You know, I haven't got my fill of hops. So <laughs> that's, that's
1: the game that initially had us all realize that you can just jump everywhere much faster than you can walk. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, shall we discuss the Gates of Morning campaign? So the Gates of Morning campaign is our 5th edition D&D game set in Eberron, a sequel of sorts to the original Morning Glory campaign. And high in the mountains, the party is trying to stop the quarry from finding the gatekeeper's seals and unleashing the chaos of Zoriat onto the material plane. The party has confronted the corrupted mindseed Nalith, now a pawn of the Dal'Kir lord Kir'Zen. Prince of Ooze.
0: He steps off the parapet, but instead of plunging to the ground, his feet adhere to the vertical surface like a spider, and he continues a barrage of psionically enhanced punches and kicks against the violet stone of the gate. Lenore secures a grappling hook and begins climbing to confront Nalith, while Warden conjures a lightning storm over their heads before turning into an air elemental to carry Switch and Xan aloft. Vesikon and Bramble
1: hurl spells from below but Nalith swats the magic away like an annoying bug. For a moment, Vorag hesitates, but the clasp on his wrist begins to glow. He sets his jaw, and a halo of light blooms from his temples. A gale of wind ruffles his
0: tunic, and with a single leap, he summons the gate. Nalith's glowing fist nearly connects with Lenore's face, but she kicks off the stone wall just in time, swinging on her rope around the gate in a long arc. she scrambled atop the gate, pulls out her bow, and begins to rain arrows on the Mindseed's head. But the enemy is too
1: mibble for Xan and switch to close ranks. A well-timed, telekinetic grip from Vorag holds Naleth in place, long enough for them to climb down and hack away at him. Uh!
0: And Warden's lightning finally strikes true. The ooze begins to surge and Primus glows with searing light, projecting a shield that keeps the waves at bay but they continue to rise and soon it feels that they're at the bottom of a glowing well surrounded by an ocean of ooze pounding against an invisible wall.
1: Naleth breaks free of Vorag's mental grip and leaps back to the top of the gate. But Vesikhod and Bramble are waiting with a bolt of lightning and an icy blast that freezes half his body in place. Naleth screams and his entire body glows with psionic power. Primus's shield falters, and the wave of ooze crashes down on their heads, sapping strength and life from their bodies and smashing them into the parapets. They desperately manage to cling to the gate, all except for Zan, who is washed over the edge and swallowed beneath the waves of ooze. The thick ichor forces its way into his lungs, and he loses his grip on his glaive, which floats away
0: into the inky depths. As he dies, a calm, quiet voice enters his mind. System loss is imminent, says Primus. Recommend partial Optimization.
1: What does that mean? Xan thinks back.
0: Though you are now lost, you will be found,
1: Primus replies. But the cost will be great. Xan closes his eyes in acceptance. And when he cracks them open, his entire body aches. He is lying on rough, stone ground. The sight of a small, clean cave greets him. The only exit is open to the outside air and he can see moonlight on the ocean in the distance. He is clad in scrap leather, and all his gear is
0: gone. When he tries to summon his glaive, nothing happens. Be ready to run, Stripling, comes a whispered voice, speaking in rustic elven. Aaron's signal is at hand. And we'll find out what happens next, next time. All right, we are back for another D&D 5th edition class tier list. This time, we're looking at the Ranger. We've got uh, a bunch of options, and we're going to sort through which are good, which are bad, and which, are, <laughs> which of the many are unplayable messes. The Ranger, the best of all possible classes in 5th edition. Um, the first of all mm. possible classes. So, uh, what are the rules for this It's the one where they made all list? the mistakes. <laughs> what, are, what are the rules for this with the Ranger in this tier list? Because, yeah, like to your point, they made mistakes. So, are we using the revised Ranger? Are we using the optional rules in the Ranger? Like, what's the, what's the parameters here? Okay, so we're, we are using
1: the Ranger from the book but also, you know,
0: additional options as presented in, like, Xanathar's and Tasha's, etc. So, which which version of the Beastmaster are we evaluating? Does it get the fixed companion from Tasha's, or do we have to use the ranger's companion from the PHP?
1: Well, so, Shane, what do you think? Should we give Beastmaster two readings, like, as presented in PHP and then
0: as... Presented with Primal Companion from Tasha's. Here, I'll save you the trouble. It's it's an F from the PHB. We'll save the Tasha's version. <laughs>
1: After, like, level five, it's basically unplayable. It's unplayable. It doesn't... In the, from the PHB. Yeah, it's Companion it doesn't, doesn't scale.
0: scale. It's a noted problem. Just don't play it. Uh, play the Tasha's version. We'll rank that one. <laughs> Great. Okay. So, uh, as usual, for
1: these tier lists, the way that it works is we will rank them on a scale of S as... In uh, class defining, uh, excellent. You will be happy if you take this in your game. It is an effective, it is a, an effective and useful subclass. Uh, a tier, very good, strong, uh, lots of options. B tier, bog standard. It won't hurt your party to take this. C tier, mm, niche, could hurt your party unless uh, it specifically fits party makeup and f don't play this
0: all right well if we're going to start alphabetically we're going to start with beastmaster as discussed the pure phb version straight and f tier no discussion required uh its companion doesn't work let's look at the primal companion variant using tasha's uh cauldron of everything um so you'll need both books for this this version but uh it gets a a primal companion uh is is a an animal companion that has a fixed stat block um you know independent of needing to you know look through the monster manual for a beast um and then it also scales in key areas based on your proficiency bonus which allows it to you know do things like continue to hit enemies and have hit points uh it also changes the action economy pretty substantially
1: basically to the same as was presented uh with the drake warden Um, which is instead of sitting there and doing nothing unless you waste your action to basically have a familiar act for you, um, you have a much beefier companion that uh, only takes a bonus action to command. So you can actually do other things. You can actually use your other abilities. There are other substantial changes just to the way that you interact with your companion. One of the big problems of the original Beastmaster was it, it sort of suffered from, I think, one, uh, developers being gun shy of the way that animal companions were handled in third edition, which is that they were too powerful. Uh, combined with like the verisimilitude police, where, you know, no one else really has a class feature that can die and then <laughs> can't be replaced, you know? Uh, so it used to be if your animal companion died, okay, you spend eight hours finding another animal and making it your companion. But, you know, did, does that mean you need to go on a quest to find an animal? Um, maybe it just sort of depends on at your table. And here uh, you get a much easier version where, you know, if it dies in an hour, you just spend an action and a spell slot and bring it back to life. Great. Which is, you know, what? Which is the ease...
0: With which you should be able to renew a class feature, and then at eleventh level, like that, that beast actually begins to give you action economy back because it can take two attack, uh, two attacks on the attack action, uh, which gives you then you know a consistent three attacks per turn if you would like. Um, I mean, I think this one is fine right like the the fixes to the companion actually make it work um (laughs) like i don't know that there's a compelling reason not to just take the one that flies but (laughs) like that's fine uh yeah i mean it is nice that you can swap
1: between them on a long rest uh so you know if you know that you know hey we're going to the eagle irie then you can take the flying one uh but in general i think you'll probably settle into using one man it's complicated to like figure out exactly what part of the original beastmaster applies <laughs> cuz the the features of the subclass didn't change only the ranger's companion feature at level 3 oh also you know as we, we should mention so rangers get Subclass features at third level, seventh level, eleventh level, and fifteenth level. For the most part, fifteenth level doesn't matter. It's too high. Most people don't play there anyway. So we're basically looking at what do you get at third, seventh, and then a bit at eleventh. For Beastmaster now, it's the companion. It's just straight up the companion. That's what you get at level three. Uh, and then seven, eleven, and fifteen are buffs to the companion. So the only thing that you get from this subclass is a companion and abilities to utilize. The companion. And it's mostly like improved action economy, right? How does exceptional training work with the new beast? It doesn't. (laughs) It's just a waste, yeah? Uh So now the only thing you get at 7th is that your beast attacks are magical.
0: Yeah, because it's already baked in. Right.
1: Man. Do any of these have multi-attack? No. So even at 11, really what it means is... It gets your beast gets extra attack. Uh correct, but you're
0: only trading one attack to do it. Alright. Uh C is yeah. probably what I'd throw at this. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a it's a messy patch. Uh all of the utilities is based on how narrowly you read these things. Um and <laughs> like there's a question of whether or not primal companion is actually a beast companion. Um so there's a there's a very strict reading in which you don't get a a seventh or 11th (laughs) isn't that fun uh so it's all a little (sighs) bit fungible um it it doesn't matter yeah i mean i think like even with all that power baked in uh even if even if it was all useful it's like i i don't know it's bottom b top of c it's like it's probably okay for most levels Right, but it's also not a lot of payoff. So I'm fine with C. Let's put it in C. The next one,
1: alphabetically, is the Drake Warden, which is substantially better. So let's take a look at it. So the Drake Warden is specifically based around having an animal companion that is a Drake, a type of dragon. Uh, And in the same way as Beastmaster, you know, at third level, you get a companion. And then it levels up. Uh, but you do actually finally get some other, you know, little ribbon abilities, right? Like, for some reason, you learn Thaumaturgy. I don't know why, but whatever. But
0: you uh, learn Draconic, great. And if you already know it, then you get a different language. Cool. You also get the Companion, as you mentioned. Uh, it's similar structure to the Primal uh, in that it actually works in scales. <laughs> um, uh, but then at 7th level and 11th level, your, your Companion actually does something special right like it gets Mm -hmm. extra damage it uh it can be used as a mount um and it gains resistance so it's like it's tougher it's does more damage and it also like now you can fly on your drake or ride on your drake like yeah you're a dragon rider uh, right exactly like this is uh, something actually unique suddenly has appeared right um, and then at 11th level, you get the uh, the breath weapon, which is, you know, fine. <laughs> at least it's your spell save, uh, which, you know, you'll probably have wisdom third, but it's okay. It's a
1: fireball's amount of damage, you know, which by the time you get it isn't like a ton of damage, but, you know, it's a
0: nice AOE for a ranger. Right. Um, and then, I mean, I know we don't really value 15th level, but like it continues scaling at 15th level in the all in already in the ways that are like oh that's good i get more damage i get it gets larger right like (laughs) you can uh oh right you can also fly uh on your mount now so like it's it's great
1: (laughs) it just scales nice and smooth yeah and in general the drake companion is better than the primal companion uh it scales better and it scales uh in function it gains more abilities different abilities it's more versatile.
0: I mean, I think this is an A. Uh, yeah, that's where I have it, too. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's it's good and playable. Um, it's kind of weird, because I don't really associate this as a ranger thing. Mm-hmm. Like, raising dragons. Like, that's not... Like, obviously, it, it is. <laughs> but, like, it's not really, like... It's weird that that's going to be one of the highest subclasses. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right, right. It's not an archetypal
1: ranger. Right. And then the last thing I'll add about Trey Warden is... It meets a need, right? It does a thing that nobody else does, which is like, honestly, this is kind of a, a cavalier class, you know, where like you, it's a mounted combat, mounted companion class. That's really what it's here for. Um, and it's cool because it's a dragon. <laughs> All right, I think it's a solid A. Next up, Fae Wanderer.
0: So this the is the planar okay. Yeah, so this is the planar ranger, right? Or not the planar ranger. Yeah,
1: this and this and the horizon walker, like they're planarly infused
0: and they both kind of fall flat for me. Yeah. So this is the this is the fae version of it, which is, you know, you have some fey magic and are a ranger because you've been doing some Fay stuff. Right. Um
1: it gives you some abilities that are redundant with fey creatures. So like at 7th level you get advantage on saving throws against being charmed or frightened. Great. If you're an elf, you know, a fey creature, you already have advantage on saving throws against being charmed. Cool. Does nothing for you. You know, you don't get anything extra if you already had it. Right. Um <laughs> So like the people most likely to take it miss out on
0: abilities. Yeah. Uh it is it, it's one of those things of like it's agnostic flavor. But it's like it's a net negative if if you take the most flavorful race for this, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Same with half
1: elf. Mm. Like elves and half elves. Oh, no one plays those. Uh and then they do this, they do this thing where for some reason psychic damage always ends up being like a d4. Like there's always a smaller die for psychic damage. And I, I don't understand why, because like emotional damage is much more brutal than physical damage. <laughs> oh, it's because there's like no resistance to psychic damage. Uh, okay, well, no, no, no. I guess mean, what? I You're mean,
0: dis- it's dumb. Like, don't, I'm not right, right, defending right, yeah. it, but, but like that's the reasoning. Is that psychic that's resistance? That's the reasoning. Yeah, psychic resistance is just less common, right? Like psychic and force are like rarely resisted, and you know everything is resistant to poison. Uh, well,
1: this is how you kill uh, bear barbarians, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you only get a D4 extra damage from your um, extra damage. Ability at level three, mm-hmm. but don't worry. Don't worry. At level 11, it scales to 1d6. Yeah. And it's also, it's once per turn. It's not on every attack. So it's like... Yeah. Most, most of these rangers and you, you need to balance this against like you're using Hunter's Mark. Right. Right. And almost every one of these additional um, damage abilities, you're like, well, I need to have Hunter's Mark up and does this conflict with me using Hunter's Mark? Right. So this one doesn't. So that, that is good you know uh you get extra spells which is also good charm person misty step dispel magic is not as bad as it seems cuz you could prep to dispel some stuff so it, it's a pretty good additional spell list and also you're a known
0: spells caster so you hardly know any spells to begin with yep and then it lets you add your uh the adding your wisdom modifier to charisma checks is Another, I look. I know somebody play tested this, right? But like, somebody play tested this with average, and not with edge case, right? Like, the value here is that like, if you have charisma plus, with like you know, if you have a an old whatever a plus one charisma and a plus two wisdom you're gonna feel like you can actually succeed on charisma checks because you've got them both together and it's a net plus three even though charisma is not like the core of the ranger right so in that way it's a patch uh in a different way (laughs) it's like it's still only a plus three so like you're actually still not good at it and also there's a lot of charisma classes running around like you're never Mm -hmm. gonna be the one who's preferred why are you investing in this yeah it's not even really a bonus because you probably have a charisma of 10 well that's maybe the thing. eight exactly you might just be and like nobody maxes wisdom either so like at best you're getting right, like as a, ranger. a plus two wisdom and like like to your point likely a zero charisma or a minus one charisma right and this doesn't overwrite that so like just
1: give expertise what are you doing?
0: Yeah, I know. That's like, we have expertise here for, <laughs> for this. Like, it works just fine, please. Anyway, uh, so that's not good. Um, you know, you already mentioned the level seven is goofy in some cases. you. S- uh, it, uh,
1: and then if you twist it on someone, they then need to fail against your spell save DC, which is terrible because you're a ranger. <laughs> yep. So, the chances that this ability works ever
0: and it's not even a common trigger are pretty much non existent. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not something you want to use on your own magic because um, they'll just fail twice. Um, yeah. You know, it's like maybe an extension of somebody else's charm or frighten effect. It, it, it's just like, again, feels flavorful if you were, hey, let me imagine in a box the uh the ranger who is the companion of a powerful fey what would they do oh they'd they'd amplify the fey's magic cool how does that work in a party it doesn't cuz parties yeah. don't have powerful fey in them so thanks um and then you can summon fey at level 11 without concentration and like look summon fey is a good spell but that Anyone can take that spell. Yes. I mean, it's it's an okay spell, um, but it's non-concentration. That's its, it's big improvement. So, great. Eh, and then, you know, your 15 is,
1: again, Misty Step is a good spell, but like two or three Misty Steps a day, I don't care.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's it, you can Misty Step a friend. Don't you want to miss Steff, a friend? Um, that's what my wildfire druid is for. I know that should have been a that should have been the third level ability. Uh, anyway, whatever. Um, it's bad. Like it's not uh, it's yeah. not unplayable, but it's not good. No.
1: So I have this at C. Yeah, agreed. Like very niche. Yep. Next up, though, we have the Gloom Stalker, and hey, if you've been playing Baldur's Gate three, you know that the Gloomstalker Stalker is good. And in tabletop,
0: it is also good. You get bonuses when you attack on the first round of combat on your first turn. Uh, you get additional attacks and extra damage. Uh, you get dark visions shenanigans that are not replicated anywhere else in the game. Um, mm-hmm. you, you have a good, a, a good additional spell list. Yeah, your your ribbon uh, ability bo- at seven is great. You just get proficiency in wisdom saving throws, which is like awesome also it's you could just choose intelligence or charisma which is like eh, whatever like you're not really gonna make those anyway in most likelihood and they're not that common but who cares at least you don't lose it right at least if you like took resilient or started as a different
1: class it's not just a totally wasted ability right Uh, and still thematic right because it's called iron mind yep um and you get wisdom to initiative. Hey, great. You know, you're going to go first and you're going to wreck everyone, uh, probably silently from the shadows, even if they have dark vision
0: uh, on that first round. Yep. Um, and then your level 11 ability is one of those things where it's like, it's not that it's strong, right? If if strong is your ability to output maximum damage on a turn, like it's not strong because it doesn't really increase your max damage at all. But Because you can attack again when you miss, it avoids the feels bad, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. When you hit on two attacks, Mm -hmm. nobody's like, oh, darn, I didn't get a third, right? But when you miss on one of your two attacks, it's like, oh, thank goodness I get to attack again. It raises
1: the minimum, but not the maximum. But what that does is it makes you more consistent. And as a player character, you want consistency, right? Because you want to avoid the low lows because that's when you die, right? And then uh, shadowy dodge is just uncanny dodge at level 15 instead of level 5. Whatever.
0: <laughs> uh, this is. But yeah, it's 15. Who cares? This is the S tier ranger, right? Like, any choice that you make to play a ranger is this, or what am I giving up? Like, is what I'm getting in exchange for Gloomstalker worth it?
1: Yeah, I have this either S, if that is how we're going to do this scale or top of the A and
0: nothing at S. <laughs> I'm fine with either. <laughs> Functionally, it is the same. This is the best Ranger. This is the best Ranger. Uh, right. I think you're right, because I think in most cases, if you're going to play a Drake Warden or you're going to play a Gloomstalker, you're already settling in for Ranger. Right.
1: Like you're, you're making the best of the chassis. All right. Horizon Walker, again, another planar one. I, I really like planar Rangers. I really liked Horizon Walker in third edition. I don't like this the extra spell list is good you detect portals who cares that's not going to show up in most games <laughs> it's also it's a not accurate enough to be useful <laughs> yeah yeah uh here's the problem with its extra damage ability at at three you spend a bonus action pick a creature and when you hit that creature you deal extra damage cool However, you need to call your shot. You need to be like, that's the one that I'm going to deal extra damage to. You also need to spend a bonus action every turn in order to do it. But my bonus action is for Hunter's Mark. Mm-hmm. I don't have a bonus action every turn. I have to apply Hunter's Mark round one. And then every time I need to put it on a new creature, I need to spend a bonus action. Right. Do not make me spend something that I don't
0: have. This just competes with Hunter's Mark. Right. It's uh, at best an always up Hunter's Mark. At worst, an annoyance and competition for Hunter's Mark. But yes, uh, I don't like it. I, I thought I would like it. And then I ran into that problem and I did not like it. Um, Mm -hmm. likewise, you know, you, you get a lot that's focused on your, your bonus action actually, because you also get the misty step spell, which which totally makes sense, but bonus action. And then you get ethereal step, which is casting etherealness on yourself as a bonus action. As a bonus action, right. When are you ever going to have this bonus action? Right. It's only for the current turn too. So it's not like this is a, you know, a strong utility use. This is an escape use in most cases or an occasional exploration use like it is right exactly out of combat it's yeah Uh, so you've got a lot competing on that bonus action just to to feel like a planar ranger um and then i think if i recall we had different uh different feelings about distance strike but uh, i dislike uh, yeah so it to get the third attack so the conditional third attack for this ranger is you have to attack two different creatures But you could teleport in between. Wait, but it has to... The third attack has to be against a third creature. Yeah.
1: So... Which is like... (laughs) Yeah. Even if you're in a combat with three creatures, the the free teleport is this, but even if you're in a combat with three creatures,
0: after a couple rounds, there aren't three creatures. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I like the free teleport. You just never get to make the third attack. Yeah. Yeah um and i mean he it is as begging for chaff right like uh so dumb okay um and then spectral defense at level 15 don't care this one really drives home the issue with fifth edition
1: which I actually sort of prefer the way that pathfinder handles this is you have this bonus action but you can't trade down even if you want to right like okay i spend a bonus action but then i have all these other abilities that require a bonus action and i can't just be like well can i just use my action no no you can't right so you might be stuck being like i have nothing to do with my action i guess i could dash maybe or dodge uh and all these other things that require a bonus action and i just can't do anything with them until next round
0: man all that said it is like the flavor of this is still so much cooler than those other two Rangers. But I still wouldn't play it. It's a C. <laughs> uh, yep, yep, it's a C. Solid C. All right. Uh, next up alphabetically is the Hunter Ranger, which was the, the original the other
1: Ranger. playable yeah. PHB Ranger.
0: <laughs> the The only playable PHB Ranger. Right. Um, and this is like, there's uh, to be clear, there's one build for this right like you have to run colossus slayer um yeah 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 like there's just you know giant killer and horror breaker are bad um you know you get your choice of volley and whirlwind attack at 11 uh volley meaning you're a ranged ranger and whirlwind meaning you're a melee um the seven is meh you know you get to pick if you got all three
1: of the options i'd be like oh that's pretty good but like just picking one like lackluster option. Yeah. It it hasn't aged well. Um, yeah. And then also like volley, volley and whirlwind attack they're I think they're cool abilities, but whirlwind attack has never been good, right? It's one attack against a bunch of different people. That's situational
0: at best. Uh, I want to hit one person three times. Right. <laughs> yep. And volley is, is basically the same thing. Any number of creatures yep. within 10 feet of a point. So it's just, you know, you get to spread your damage out. And then Superior Hunter's Defense is, you know, evasion or uncanny dodge. Your choice. <laughs> like, right. They didn't even change the names here. They were just like, hey, you get
1: uh, rogue stuff uh, 10 levels later. Right.
0: Pretty cool, huh? Exactly. Uh, which, I mean, honestly, is more in line with the rangers' history than it should be. It's, uh, you know, a little on the yeah. nose. Uh, it's just yeah. stealing fighter stuff and stealing uh, rogue stuff. What? Why do you ask? <laughs> so, for me, this is like a B. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, Bog standard ranger. Yeah, and, and and I think it's a B on the the strength of its early levels, right? Like, really until level 11 hunter feels great uh it's only when you hit level 11 and realize your multi-attack has really not arrived um <laughs> that it starts to, to actually trail yeah colossus layer is actually it's nice
1: right like it's most of the time you're going to be hitting a creature that's below its hit point maximum
0: mm-hmm.
1: or you can make sure that that happens so it's just
0: you know an extra d8 great right um it stacks well with your hunter's mark uh, you know, it, it, it just, it works. It's consistent. It's, it's, it's a good B level Ranger. All right. Moving on to monster slayer,
1: which feels like something you should take in a curse of Strahd, but when I don't like the action economy or the logistics of monster slayer, I want to like it and I like the flavor, but we talked about this before in the review of the book itself everything everything is based on your slayer's prey so if you don't have
0: that up you're useless yeah like you know your subclass does nothing correct um I I know you like the flavor I find the flavor to kind of be unfocused Uh, it's vampires dragons evil fey fiends and other magical threats (laughs) Like, what do these things have in common they're in the monster manual. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Your campaign might have one of those as the big bad.
1: <laughs> and it does, I think it does do the thing that Cavalier did well. I mean, not as well as Cavalier, but the Cavalier Cavalier did well, where it's like, here's the theme, but here are abilities that don't only apply against these creatures. Right. They, they, they're sort of built around applying to a big bad, like a boss fight. But, uh, a lot of these are like, oh, and then it has to make a save or else, well, it's a, it's a boss. It'll it'll make the save. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like, this is a game where, like, developers put in legendary right. saves. Like, it'll make the save. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like, your your best case is like, hey, I'm a relatively small threat. Maybe I can get the legendary saves out. Cool, right. thanks. <laughs> Bird right through them. Go ahead, mage. Cast disintegrate. Right. <laughs> now hold monster.
1: Uh. Um, I like the ribbon. Right, immediately learn if the creature has immunities, resistances, or vulnerabilities. Awesome, and you know, two t- two to three times per
0: day. F- fine, whatever. Yeah, no, that's actually bad. Um, it, this is codifying something that, like. Is necessary to make the game fun. (laughs) Like, um, I, like, like, it's fine, right? But it's, like, it's representative of a bigger problem, which is that it turns out if you don't know the stat block of the monster, like, you spend a lot of time wondering what's going on and having no real clarity, and then it dies before you actually find out, and then you read the stat block, right? Yeah. Like either the game has to provide that information to you to make it tactical or you just default to whatever your most powerful thing is that you do in every fight because well i have no idea what you do and i can't invest actions to figure it out right Mm -hmm. so like this is an action to figure this out you're gonna not attack ranger that's your whole shtick so like Wait. it's fine if you can prep. Oh but... man, no, never mind.
1: Sorry, I totally missed that. It. It's an action. Yeah, that's no. It's terrible. It's not good. Um, and
0: the fact that it needs if to you're exist also a gloom is a patch.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you're... I mean, it should be a baseline ranger ability that doesn't require an action, right? As a ranger, you should be like, oh, I know how to kill that, right? You would think, but uh, slayer's prey requires your bonus action, which competes with hunter's mark, so it's bad. Yeah, uh, it at least doesn't have to be reapplied every single
0: round. That's good. Yeah, I mean, it gives you the time. Like, like again, it's a power up, right? Like you use it on turn one, and then if you need more damage, you use Hunter's Mark on turn two. Which but sure. Hunter's Mark Hunter's Mark applies to every time you you
1: hit it, right? So when you're by the time you have extra attack, you always you want to do Hunter's yeah, Mark. Yeah, that flips at five, but you know not at three. Although, although then you're like, well, I've invested so much in this subclass, and none of my other abilities work unless I slayers prayed. <laughs> exactly, right? Because like seven is it only applies when the target of slayers prey forces you to make a saving throw. Yep. Okay. Uh, eleven. Uh, at least, at least the level eleven applies to any creature casting a spell or teleporting within sixty feet of you. However. It's a wisdom save against your spell save DC, so they will succeed.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's once per short rest. You get... Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like we've hinted at mixed feelings on counterspell. This is a counterspell that can't be counterspelled. But it's also... It's your wisdom save. But it's also so easy to succeed easy, against. So, like, right, c- and good that, luck using it against high-level casters.
1: <laughs> right. And that's that's the thing about counterspell. is like, if you get lucky... You can counterspell a ninth-level spell, and unless they have counterspell, it just you just stop it. Right, right. But th- this is them making
0: a wisdom saving throw. They're going to make it. <laughs> Man, we're just shoving everything in C, huh?
1: Because uh... this isn't
0: materially worse than the others, I don't think. <sighs> I just don't like it for different reasons. <laughs> yeah i mean I hate the action economy of it so yeah actually yeah. maybe it is a d yeah. like hunter sense doesn't work your spell spell list isn't great uh you know i I like Slayer's prey at low levels and and like you said then it it starts replacing i uh, i don't know I think it's a d I think you're right I think it doesn't come together it's a d wait we have d's we have f's don't we we have Fs okay well then it's f. <laughs> i mean
1: yeah you're just going to be angry yeah, it doesn't that, work you don't want to play this <laughs>
0: it just doesn't come together
1: as yeah. a problem it just doesn't yeah you're 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 going to be so you multiple rounds of combat you're going to be sitting here being like but i want to i want a hunter's mark and i want a slayer's prey but i can't yeah yeah all right, and then finally, the Swarm Keeper. Which, again, is not something that you think of usually as an archetypal ranger, uh, but I dig the Swarm Keeper. I think it's nicely functional. Does It does things that other rangers can't do, that other classes can't do. Right, at level three, you deal extra damage. Great. Uh... Or you can move a creature. And again, after you know playing through Baldur's Gate 3, you should know that moving a creature 15 feet horizontally can be extremely effective if you are anywhere near a staircase
0: or a cliff, <laughs> a ledge, a ladder. Have you gotten to the lava whatever. yet? It sounds like you haven't gotten to the lava yet. <laughs>
1: uh, or move yourself. Right. Now... Look, this is exponentially better if you're playing on a grid, like a battle map. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even if you're not, even if it's theater of the
0: mind, these are still useful. Or just do extra damage. Right. You know? Um, unfortunately, I don't think Swarmkeeper has much in the way of spells. Um, getting the Mage Hand Cantrip is maybe one of the best parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, fairy fire is like situational, but okay. Uh, It's I always, I always want
1: to like fairy fire, but then I never find a situation where I'm like, oh, it be, it would be better for me to cast fairy
0: fire than to just attack. Right. You know. Right. Um, And then, like, I guess gaseous form has some exploration value. Um, right. same as arcane Eye. yeah but i, I mean like you know, I, by then you're 13th level yeah exactly I, so i i don't care for the spells um i don't know at seventh level then
1: uh fly speed fly speed for a minute that's the whole combat a minute proficiency and, times per day so but that's every fight right um you know every fight i'm flying and there's no concentration
0: right and then eleven is just a straight upgrade to your swarm abilities. Um, mm-hmm. So I, and then fifteen is fine. Yeah, I think it. It's,
1: I th- you, it turns you into a gnome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you put it that way, S tier. No, <laughs> take that third editions. Um, I yeah no. I mean, this feels. Who do we have it be right now? We
1: have Hunter, I th- and I think it probably does feel maybe high B to me.
0: I yeah, I don't know that I would actually play this ahead of Hunter, but I could, I, I could be okay with it. I think I actually, I think I, you're right. I think I would play this ahead of Hunter. Yeah, I like
1: I like the versatility, the options, right? Like, so every time, let's see. So every turn, I get to decide: Do I want to do extra damage? Do I want to move them or do I want to move me? Right. Cool. You know, like those, those, the other two, other than the damage, the other two are not, are going to be situationally useful, but when they are useful, that is, that is when I will do them. Right. So every time I pick one of those options, they will be useful. Yeah. Um, Uh, And then like flight. I mean, it's, it's a marshal who flies at level seven pretty much all the time. I mean, it's a bonus action,
0: which sucks, but the, you know, out of combat utility as well right but the thing is at level 11 when you're moved by gathered storm it gives you half cover until the start of your next turn which means what plus two ac you're gonna have to learn what half cover means and that automatically takes <laughs> it down at least a tier <laughs> <laughs> no, I, because uh, then people still... are going to start implementing cover yeah exactly you just don't want to open that can of worms you can't handle that heat uh-huh uh no, it's fine. I, I yeah, I'm 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 here for the B. Uh I think it's a good it's a it's a perfectly good alternative to Hunter. I'm just not sure which one I personally would prefer. Um in some I mean, ways I, I picked the bugs. <laughs> in some ways though, like if you flavored the, the swarm as like just one thing. You kind of have a good companion, you know, like kind of could have just made that the Beastmaster. I like, yeah,
1: I like the idea of being like, oh, this is uh this is a big bee's hand that I befriended. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's like a living spell. It's, it's just my buddy now. Which is a better fey wanderer than the fey. Totally. It's just weird. But yeah, like, and oh, there's a story. Or, or you know, you, actually, you know what this reminds me of? <laughs> flying carpet
0: from the aladdin tv show yes that's right especially the uh <laughs> the knock them prone i feel like <laughs> carpet was just bowling people over right. left and right <laughs> it was just like i'm gonna hold very still Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so yeah b for shenanigans so we have perhaps nobody at s tier uh gloom stalker at the top of a tier and then Drake Warden. And then Swarm Keeper at the top of B, along with Hunter. Fey Wanderer and Horizon Walker at C. And bringing up the rear is the original Beastmaster uh, and Monster Slayer. Uh, oh, and uh, revised Beastmaster with the Primal Companion
0: is C-tier. I feel good about that. I feel pretty good about that, yeah. I, you know... I... Didn't expect to like Drake as much as uh, I ended up on the revisit, but Drake Warden is better than, I think, I think we slept on Drake Warden a little bit. Are you a pet guy? No. Like, I don't No, Yeah. Yeah. You're... I, you know, I want less bookkeeping, not more. I was like miserable when I played <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, artificer with a pet and and in part oh, like yeah. in fairness in part of that is that like we've moved everything digital like i don't use a physical character sheet anymore so like tracking mm-hmm. a pet is a huge pain in like a D&D beyond even it's a different tab it's yeah it just and then some stuff works some stuff doesn't it's just you know it's like that i'm i'm like increasingly at the mercy of developers instead of a sheet of paper and i just yeah i don't want the complexity I like pets, which is why I think I'm so hard on original
1: Beastmaster. i went so hard on Beastmaster, period. But yeah, yeah, Drake Warden. I think just make just make them all like Drake Warden.
0: I mean, I think the only time I played a pet class, well, I played a pet ranger uh, in our group. Was in our um, dungeon world campaign, in which I played the animal companion. <laughs> As the Ranger. At the war pug? Yes. (laughs) I played a war pug (laughs) with a little boy (laughs) as my animal companion. (laughs) Wasn't his name Huggles? Huggles the War Puggle. Oh my god.
1: (laughs) All right. With that, uh, we're done with this list. Okay, great. It is definitive. (laughs) All right. Do you hear that, Ishan? No, because my flying carpet is utterly silent.
0: Well, then let's explore a whole new world in the Character Creation Forge. But before (laughs) we do that, let's talk about how our (laughs) listeners can get in contact with us.
1: We do love hearing from you.
0: You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's
1: M-U-N dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sans Carne. That's Malice minus Meat. And you
0: can tweet at the show at TPTCast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.totalpartythrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Total Party Thrill. And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. All right. So
1: finally, we bring you The Dark Urge. Uh, Shane, what's The Dark
0: Urge? Uh, There's going to be a little bit of spoilers here for the... For Baldur's Gate 3, if you are interested in playing a Dark Urge character. So Dark Urge is one of the one of it is the only like canonical character uh, as a PC in Baldur's Gate 3. So it is a sort of a special playthrough (laughs) um, that has (laughs) unique uh, like choices, like, you know roleplay options that appear um it comes yeah and sometimes not options well sometimes not options cutscenes, things (laughs) like that uh it has a unique background um and then also you must be a uh a dragonborn um yeah so the spoilers start now uh the dark urge (laughs) is is basically a bale spawn um so it is like the continuation of the canon of Baldur's Gate 3 which of course like like we mentioned in the review like if you haven't figured out that the Dead 3 were going to be involved somehow in this story and not just Mind Flayers I don't know what to tell you man it's right on the tin it's Baldur's Gate 3 um so like the Dark Urge is effectively like the you know the canonical main character who you know is related to to Ball and will you know, have the choice of whether to reject that parentage or to lean into it. Um, Yeah,
1: and it's the thing where, you know, years from now, when we look at the canonical history of the Forgotten Realms, it'll say, in 1491, the year of murdered companions.
0: (laughs) Right, a ball spawn. A dragonborn, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like, (laughs) exactly. So uh, it has the Haunted One background, which is what gives it those unique... unique uh, dialogue options uh and also grants the intimidation and medicine skills which would you believe it are hard to come by in a single uh in a single background (laughs) in fifth edition now i want a
1: clown background that's intimidation and performance (laughs) um
0: i got bad news for you about clowns buddy just wait till you get to act three Oh no, no no no! <laughs> the clown deserves it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's that. So you will not take the haunted one background from of Straw. <laughs> you will not. You will take hermit because that will give you medicine and religion. To uh, two important things. You can get the intimidation from your class, which will be sorcerer. In fact, you will be aberrant mind sorcerer twelve from tasha's cauldron because that is the level cap in this game (laughs) correct (laughs) you cannot go further (laughs) than 12. um and also like i think the canonical uh class in the game is storm sorcerer so oh interesting yeah like so i think if you if you play fully default like you would play a storm sorcerer but um you know other if you do you could obviously do that but then you won't be able to turn into a bit a, a ball spawn so then are you truly the dark urge? i argue you would not um but i like you know you get telepathic speech um which you know like maybe right. maybe you're having these dark dreams because you keep forming telepathic connections between your minds and others <laughs> in your sleep <laughs> Maybe it's because you keep taking all these tadpoles you find and sticking them up your nose. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but, you know, you get, like, all the kind of, like... I, I mean, Aberrant mind gives you a lot of those, like, kind of warlocky spells, right? That just kind of feel very, like, ball-ish. Uh, you know, maybe not as bloody as he'd prefer, but, you know, he can't get everything that he wants. Uh, at level 6, you are able to cast your psionic spells using sorcery points um without uh verbal or somatic components so you basically like you can freely cast them with subtle spell right they kind of become psionic which is great um and then you have advantage on charmed and frightened uh and then <laughs> this is what we're working towards <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't quite fit but at level 14 which again you won't get <laughs> You will get revelation in flesh, which is when your aberrant truth is hidden, uh, is is no longer hidden within you. It is unleashed as a bonus action. You spend sorcery points and transform. Uh, you can see invisible creatures gain a fly speed, um, gain a swim speed, and your body becomes slimy and pliable, which I don't know if you've <laughs> seen a ball spawn, but that's kind of what they look like. Slimy and pliable. <laughs> And, you know, if you're
1: romancing the companions, you you kind of need to be slimy and pliable. Yeah, that's definitely
0: true. I mean, you got to match them shot for shot. Uh, I will say one of the best parts of the game, uh, and and hardly a spoiler for the Dark Urge, but really introduces you to the character. is like you're introduced to Gale, you know, like as a hand coming out of a portal asking for help. And one of the dialogue <laughs> options is to just... I wonder what would happen if I cut off this hand.
1: <laughs> um, I believe you can equip the hand later
0: as an improvised weapon. Great. <laughs> I've always wanted to slap Gale with his own hand. Um, But yeah, so that's as close as we can get. Uh, otherwise, just play Storm Sorcerer. I mean, that's what he actually is, right? Um, You just won't get the transformation. But it is what it is.
1: I mean, maybe someday they'll raise the level cap. I don't think they will. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Uh, that's what the DLC is for. Neverwinter Nights ended up going to level 40. So Is that true? Mm-hmm. It yeah. got all the way to Epic with official expansions or with mods? Yeah, Hordes of the Underdark, the um, second expansion, went to level 40. Wow. And then people had servers with mods that went up to, like, I saw, like, level 60.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Somebody wild. really wanted the... Was it yeah. Deities and yeah, demigods? Is that
1: where that basically except that what usually is like you just started fighting like you know level 43 bandits
0: right you know yeah great yeah (laughs) thanks (laughs) all right before we wrap up we want to take a moment and thank our patreon supporters your support
1: is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show so if you'd like to learn more you can check out all of our rewards at patreon.com slash total party thrill what do we have planned for next week's episode well we're thumbing through our copies of pathfinder remastered and it's got
0: us thinking about the math treadmill and in the character creation forge we're building the atv well that's it for episode 352 of total party thrill i hope we lived up to our name but either way i'm shane and i'm ishan thanks for listening